This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we preview Vandy's matchup in Tuscaloosa at Alabama. 6.30 kickoff on the SEC Network with Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, and Cole Kubelik on the call. Can Vanderbilt take another step in the right direction? That's the question heading into the SEC gauntlet. Yes, they're facing Bryce Young, the best offensive player in the country, and Will Anderson, the best defensive player in the country, and the greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban. But... But there is still more for Vanderbilt to prove to the rest of the country. Can they do that on Saturday? We will answer that question and give you our three keys to the game, final predictions, and the areas of weaknesses that Vandy could, could potentially exploit on Saturday. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Commodore Nation, let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to the door report the premier vanderbilt podcast for fans who bleed black and gold commodore nation anchor down Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 181. It is a Thursday night, another game to preview. September 22nd, 2022, we are powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Family-owned and operated for more than two decades, Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors. Since 1995, Jimmy Alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior Customer service, growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction. If you're interested in contacting them, you can find their headquarters at 2505 Winford Avenue over in Barry Hill. Call them at 615-356-0303 or log on to alacofinewoodfloors.com. Alaco Finewood Floors, serving Middle Tennessee's hardwood flooring needs since 1995. Well, we've got... Alabama to preview number two, Alabama Crimson Tide three and zero on the season. Big game, obviously. Well, I say big game, but big game in terms of, you know, Vanderbilt kind of showing what, what they've got showing. Can they hang relatively, relatively with, with one of the big dogs? We'll have to see good crew. Will for TV, Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, Cole Kubelik on the call. So we, Likely won't have to complain about, about uh, the broadcasting crew. Uh, we'll get to our three keys to uh, to the game, not to a victory, because let's face it, we uh, we know that's not likely. And predictions, of course, will. So it's going to be a shorter episode. No guest either. Uh, I messaged about eight Alabama beat writers. None of them responded, so I'm guessing they're pretty busy. But uh, less uh, less work for us, I guess, right? Yeah, pretty busy. Don't care, whatever you want to <laughs> call it. I mean, every article that you read from Alabama. Uh, it has nothing to do with 
if it's all by how much, if they're going to cover. And that by no means means that they're wrong. You're playing a team that hasn't won an SEC game since 2019. You're playing a team that you're over a 40-point favorite against. Uh, You've already had what seems to be your scare against an inferiorly talented opponent in Texas earlier in the season that's just guaranteed to happen. So Alabama is coming in confident for good reason. You have Saban. You have the dynasty. But I still have to go into the game breaking it down and evaluating it like Vanderbilt has an opportunity to exploit matchups or exploit weaknesses in the opponent. If I just look at it going into it like Vanderbilt's going to get their ass kicked, then this is going to be a really boring preview and this podcast is going to be pretty boring. So I do have keys to the game. I I have researched it a little bit. I will say it's a little less uh, enthusiastic into the statistical research when just the talent level is just insane from Alabama the, the star quality is just incredible, and that is no slight to the Vanderbilt players. You have guys on, on Vanderbilt's roster that Alabama, I'm sure, which wishes had they had on their side right now, one of those guys is named Will Shepard, and that mm-hmm. is going to be a key matchup is him against this young Alabama secondary, young but very talented, and yeah. that does not mean that they are not very, very talented and capable of shutting down. This Vanderbilt offense that statistically, Billy, is actually doing pretty well in the SEC. Yes, I mean, they're right up there with Alabama in, in just about every statistical category. And you got and just a, just, a, uh, just a caveat before I let you get the rest of this intro is you have to look at per game because, remember, Vanderbilt has an extra yes. extra game in there in week zero. So every everything is per game, and it's still good, but it, it's not number one in the conference like it appears right now if you just click on the homepage of team stats. But no. per game is still good and vastly improved from last season. No doubt. And, and Will, I'm not mad about not having a guest. That we don't need anybody to tell us anything else. We don't already know about Alabama. I mean, we, you know, we like just you said, go to any college football website and on the front page will have information about what, Alabama I mean, what, what, and a breakdown of their have... roster. That's what's fun about these like previews is digging into NIU or even Missouri. Yeah. Or just a team that's not just that's not just on the front page of everything that you hear about on ESPN and Sports Center every day. I mean, so I don't think that we need to tell Vanderbilt fans. It's kind of I think Brian hit it pretty perfectly in his uh, preview article yep. on the doorreport.com when he said, I don't need to inform college football fans that if you were listening to this and he said writing this or reading this, that you probably already are a college football fan, and you're aware that Alabama pretty good at football in the past few years. In case, uh, in case you weren't not, aware, yeah, not bad, not bad. A uh, l- little bit of a machine here in the past uh, decade or so. So Vanderbilt and Alabama, six thirty kick on the SEC Network. Like we said, we'll get to our three keys of the game predictions and all that. But before we get to that, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. All right, let's get to the Alabama preview. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to a Loco Fine Wood Floors. 
Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, Will. First SEC game of the season for Vanderbilt, and they have to travel down to Tuscaloosa. First time playing in T-Town since 2011. Of course, that was the 34-0 loss uh, under James Franklin. Jordan Rogers was the quarterback of that team, and he'll be calling the game, so he's got a He's got a unique perspective of playing against a, a Nick Saban defense, so I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be able to add add his commentary to that. Uh, Alabama, of course, will last week they destroyed uh, Louisiana Monroe, 63 to seven. Bryce Young, 13 of 18, 236 yards, three touchdowns. Will Anderson, who is a Heisman candidate defensively, which tells you everything to know about that defense, had a pick six. Uh, it was tipped up in the air. He just caught it and ran it about 20 yards for a touchdown. So they've got two Heisman Trophy contenders, Will. Uh, they've got the best offensive player in the country, the best defensive player in the country, and they've got the, got the best head coach uh, pretty much ever, I think. I mean, I think it's there's no debate anymore about Nick Saban being, being the best head coach ever. Uh, Vanderbilt, Will, they're coming off their best half of the year. I mean, it's obvious against NIU, but now they uh, begin a brutal SEC stretch. you got number two Alabama, number 16 Ole Miss at home, and then number one Georgia. So uh, welcome to the SEC. Welcome to the big boys conference. Uh, we're going to see, we're going to see what Vanderbilt's made of in terms of physical nature, grit, you know, effort, just going out there and competing. And, and we'll get to that in our keys, but you know, we're, we're going to see what they're made of in terms of fight. You know, how, how, do they stay in the fight or do they, or do they end up losing 50 or 60, you know, to nothing? I, I think that's, a, I, I'm going to get to that in, in one of my keys. Um, but well, I'll say this, don't let this stretch, this next three game stretch change the way you perceive this team that, that that's what I'll say. I know you've hit on that in past episodes, but you know, no matter what happens in this stretch, Vanderbilt's done enough this year to tell us they can go down and win an sec game, whether that's on the road or at home, I, I don't care. And so, you know, that's what I would say kind of heading into this beginning of this stretch. Will don't let it change your opinion because everybody Alabama has other than Texas. I think they're going to kill everybody. Same with Georgia. I mean, the, Texas, that was kind of a fluky game. I think, yeah, Alabama struggled, and Texas is a good team, but I think they're going to just about kill everybody in, 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 in the SEC schedule. So I just want to get that out of the way. I know you agree with that, too, and you've said that before. Yeah, you you took what I was about to say, so that, that takes uh, about everything that I had to say on that subject. But, yeah, the Texas-Alabama game, everybody's going to point to that as – Alabama having trouble, Alabama having issues. Every team every year has one, two mm -hmm. games that they are very, very tight with and could potentially lose throughout a season, even on the way to a national championship. How often do you see a team just run through their entire schedule, especially against some, a, a team kind of like Texas that has yeah. some talent on, on it, the they have some five-star talent, yeah, I mean, that's just – I think that was more Alabama played their worst game of the year. They just did it in week two before we really know a lot about these teams. So Texas is probably a little better. We'll know more after they play Texas Tech this upcoming week. But you're, you're finally getting to the point this year where some of these past matchups and things that we've seen throughout the year actually matter moving forward. So it, it's almost getting to the point that looking at stats isn't just everyone saying, well – who have they played? Because this upcoming week, the competition begins to be more than just two out of the three previous games for all these schools have been against out of conference, you know, 
no offense, Hawaii, no offense. Akron, NIU. I'm not saying NIU is a cupcake or MTSU, WKU. It just skews the stats. That's yeah. not how things are going to play out throughout the rest of the season. So I'm excited for this upcoming Saturday, but not necessarily in the same way that we were excited about last Saturday against NIU. This is not a make or break for this season. There are things that I think if we both see that we'll be disappointed uh, if they come out and get beat 50 to 60, that is by 50 or 60 and just roll over uh, over the next three weeks I don't or next three games. I don't expect that to happen. I don't think you do either. But at some point, it's like NIU. The scheming can only do so much. The, the grit, the want to can only do so much. Uh, but I, I, you just can't go into it with that perspective. Just improve from what you saw last season. But in the end, you you can't let this shape what you've seen the first four games this year and being three and one. It's funny you talk about excitement, Will. It, it if you know, no matter who you're playing, if you're a college football fan, you still wake up every Saturday morning <laughs> excited to see your team play. I mean, it mm-hmm. is, it may not be the same excitement level. I know if the season opener, home opener is always exciting, but no matter who you're playing, you wake up on a Saturday morning. You're you're ready it's to different. see your yeah it's, it's different just, it's a different feeling weather's starting to turn a little bit colder starting to see some some leaves falling on the ground so yeah we'll get um, about one week of good fall weather here it, yeah. it already had a, a few days and then it became in the mid 90s again here in Nashville and then we'll have one more week and then it'll be winter so that's Nash- usually how it goes Nashville but, but we're about to hit the most be- the most beautiful week in the entire country is the one week of pure fall weather you get in Tennessee. Mm. Sometime in uh, late September, October, you get that one week. So I'm ready for that. It, it's glorious. Nashville weather playing tricks on us <laughs> per usual. I think it was about 90 today. It got up to 90. So fall is coming. Yep. Winter is coming. SEC play is, uh, is here for Vanderbilt. And, and Will, Nick Saban respects Vanderbilt. And I know as a coach, you always hear this, you know, you're got, you're not going to, you're not going to have Nick Saban sit there. And yeah. Say, Nick Saban, Nick Saban just gets up there. They're like, what do you think of Vanderbilt? He's like, dude, they, they suck. <laughs> like, dude, they can't hold my fucking dick. Like, could you, you can cut that out if you want, but like, no, that's like always, I'm, I'm no, that's always right, what though. I, you're right. I, that's I, always I, I whenever I, they get asked that question. I'm like, whoever just asked that, please leave. Like get out. Like that was, a, this is a waste of our time. Like you're going to hear the same answer. He's been doing it for 25 years like you're gonna, or 20 years. You're going to hear the same answer. Yeah. Like I mean, you've never, ever heard a coach, even in a big rivalry, say anything even slightly interesting about the opponent. Besides, you know, you, what that head coach over there is doing, just respect it. He's got something building. Got a, got you know, a lot a of respect. And the song continues. I was going to say the same joke you did, Will, but I did think it was interesting how he, he did go into more detail than I expected. He, you know, he did say he's at Vanderbilt's off to a really good start. It'll be a challenging game for us Saturday. I think Clark has done a great job changing the culture. Um, so, and there's more to that, but you know, I, I think mo- obviously every coach is going to say that, but I do think that's true. You know, it's not, it's not like that's, you know, something that, that, that Saban's just thrown out there. Um, obviously there's a lot of work to do for coach Lee, uh, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, of course, you know, we'll get to our predictions. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm ready to get to three keys. If you are, I'm uh, I know you've got some, some notes on Alabama and, and uh, you know, some matchups, but you know, we can throw those in with these keys here. Of course, Good, good crew, good broadcast crew. Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, Cole Kublik. Looking forward to uh, to that. Well, I'll, I'll start here. Number one, and we've talked about this the past couple weeks. 
And I said it, you know, as one of my keys, you know, I think it was a couple episodes ago, they've got to get healthy. But the first key in this Alabama game is stay healthy. Stay as healthy as you are right now. I mean, they're already banged up. Uh, I saw on Twitter where Ben Cox and Rocco Griffin are both questionable. Xavier Castillo is out. Uh, Jalen Mahoney is doubtful. So, uh, I, but I don't I mind. Say, that. I had not seen the Mahoney. So that is, yeah. that's very upsetting. And I had totally forgot. Mr. Dr. Talk, Pepper. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about it last episode, but I had totally forgotten about his injury against NIU. He didn't even play, I think, the last three quarters of that game. And, um, you know, he, he's, they got to have him out there. And, and that, that's a, that's an injury they've got to have back, a guy they've got to have back. Uh, but, Will, I, I'd rather see these guys rest against Alabama th- than, than risk an injury against your team. Let's face it, you're not going to beat. I mean, the, the Vanderbilt's not beating Alabama, so why throw these guys out there when they're not 100%? And I'm, that's not what – you know, I don't know if that's what Coach Lee's thinking, but obviously you'd rather see these guys rest up, get healthy to where they can play, and to where they can be be an impact of when you when you want to beat an SEC team. So, and will there are winnable games left on this schedule? I want to remind Vanderbilt fans of that. Vanderbilt in most power rankings in the SEC, they're at eleven, either eleven or twelve ahead of Auburn, ahead of South Carolina, ahead of Missouri, right there next to Florida at number ten. I mean, Vanderbilt is not in the cellar at at least at this point in the season. So, stay healthy. And I think this is more of a message to Alabama defensive players. Don't injure anybody. Like, pl- please don't don't throw any of our guys to the ground and, and give them a concussion. Like, please just just take it lightly on Vanderbilt. Um, so, Will Anderson, if, uh, if if you if you go out there with bad intentions, of course, just don't injure anybody. That, that's what I ask of Alabama. This is, this is kind of where that key is going. Um, but Billy, no, Billy, Will, Billy, you know. Billy, Billy, Billy. In all honesty, though, this team's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's every week, but especially against a team like Alabama where you're not going to win this game, just stay healthy. And, and this isn't uh, – Coach Lee isn't telling his team this in the locker room. Hey, guys, just, just stay healthy. Just, just stay healthy before this game. Uh, but I'm saying it. I'm saying it right now. This team has to stay healthy if they want to uh, win an SEC game down the stretch, Will. So I don't know if that's even – really a key that uh, Clark Lee is thinking about, but I know he, he wants that to happen. He wants his team to stay as healthy as possible. So that's not my number one key to this game, not victory to the game. Stay healthy. Just stay healthy and out of the training room. Really? I think me and you approached our keys a little differently. So <laughs> a lot of the words, I, you know, I, I probably took a little, I'll take offense to here. Uh, but I, I, I think I evaluated this still looking at it like Alabama, that's not, they're not gods on the other side. I think there are a few matchups specifically uh, with Alabama's secondary that Vanderbilt may be able to exploit. Uh, but the number one key to this game, and realistically, no, Vanderbilt doesn't have a realistic chance to win this game. You can't even bet the money line. Uh, for Vanderbilt to win the game. They're 40 and a half point underdogs. So giving that out there, it's the last time you'll hear me say that. I'm uh, but I'm the, number, the, num- the number one, I've already bet it. The number one key from, for really staying in this game is taking Alabama's early punch. They are number one in the country in first quarter points with 18.3 points per game. That is even including the game against Texas that did not go so hot where they put up 19 points throughout the entire game. So Alabama, you're going to be shocked as a defense by their speed, by their athleticism, by their size. But 
their offense. And this has been a complaint by former players, by fans. This season seems to be simplistic and basic. And as the game continues to go on, Alabama seems to be very conservative, play through their defense, even with a sophomore quarterback that won the Heisman last season and is on every other advertisement in between on the commercials during the damn games, Mr. Dr. Pepper, Bryce Young. But this team for Bama seems to be conservative uh, for the most part. In my opinion, just the play calling seems to be that way. It seems to be vanilla. It doesn't look the same as other offensive coordinators that have been and offenses that have been underneath Nick Saban or defense com- defensive complexity. It seems to be a little more basic. Now, just man for man, Bama can just line up and beat you. That is why in the first quarter scheme, whatever, they have the number one cornerback in the country is, or in the country in his class. Literally number one, five-star, number 18 player nationally, according to 24-7, is going to be matched up against Will Shepard. But he's young. So man for man, Bama is going to have success, but they are young and they are not able to scheme in the same complexity that Nick Saban is used to. So I'm thinking this is just evaluating on the outside, but early Bama is going to be able to score points early, but just take that punch, be like Rocky Balboa, Against Ivan Drago and the famous quote, Ivan Drago is in his corner. He says he is like a piece of iron. And that is what Vanderbilt football needs to be. They need to be like a piece of iron. Just Alabama keeps punching and Vanderbilt just keeps coming back and playing hard. And that's what I want to see out of this team. So that's my key number one. I like it. I like it. You hinted at my key number three uh, for this team and and their mentality uh, heading into this game. But, well, not uh, my next two keys are not going to be uh, as, uh, as bogus as stay healthy. But uh, number two for me, <clears throat> protect A.J. Swan like he's a million bucks. Because right now that's what he's worth. For, for this Vanderbilt team. I mean, let's face it. He, he is, he is the, the, the most important guy to stay healthy uh, for this team right now. And, and uh, you know, he, he's, he kind of depends on their success. I mean, that, that he scored points to win games. He put points on the board four touchdowns uh, last week. Cause you know, well, I mean, he's just the second sec true freshman quarterback to throw for at least four touchdowns in their first career start since 2002. And that was incredible for me to, I didn't even, I didn't see that right after the game. I saw it yesterday. And, uh, you know, so he, he is, is so valuable to this team. They cannot have him taken multiple bad hits, but even one bad hit from, from one of those freaks of nature on Alabama's defense. So whatever you have to do to, to keep two running backs back there in the backfield with him to protect him, punch the tight ends in there. I mean, what, whatever you have to do, protect AJ Swan at all costs because he's your guy. I mean, he he is the guy that is going to win you games down the stretch against a Missouri, against a South Carolina, you know, even against a Florida potentially down the road. So, uh, well, AJ is he's as important to Alabama as as Bryce Young is. I know Alabama's a better overall team, but your quarterback's the most important position on the field and, you know, if he say he goes down, obviously, you know, you've got Mike Wright to throw in there, but you need AJ down the stretch here this season. So I think that goes a little deeper. And do we see Mike Wright in this game? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I think there is a good chance you do just because you are playing Alabama and you know, you don't want to you don't want to have AJ Swan back there the entire game taking licks. And I'm not saying Alabama is going to be playing dirty, but they're not going to be taking snaps off. They're not going to say, oh, this is a good freshman quarterback. We're going to lay off him. No, they're, they're coming in full speed ahead and they, and they want to make Vanderbilt give up out there. And, and so that kind of, you know, that'll transition me into my third, into my third key, but 
for, for me, Will, it's it's AJ Swan. And this goes into the game as well. I mean, if you want to have a chance to to drive the ball down the field, that's the first, that's the most important thing. Protect your quarterback. Give him time. Give him more than just a second back there. I know he has done a job, good job of, of getting getting the ball out of his hands quick, but he needs a little bit more time than that to to, to maybe throw that deep shot to to Will Shepard or or throw that cross and route. Uh, you know, to a Jade McGowan type of guy. And, and you know, he's got to have those lanes. And to have those lanes, he needs that protection. So for me, Will, it, it's it's protect A.J. Swan. More importantly, because of his potential and the future that he has at Vanderbilt, because you never know, one bad hit, one late hit. You know, I don't, I'm not, like I said, I don't think Alabama's going to be playing dirty, but they're not going to be, they're not going to be backing off. So one bad hit could do that for A.J. Swan. Uh, but I mean, he put up four touchdowns last week. I'm not saying he's going to do that against Alabama. But I think this team can move the football. Well, I think they can move the football against Alabama. Now, putting points on the board is a whole other thing. But I think they can. I think they can move the ball somewhat. Now, believe it or not, I, I do believe that. But that that all depends on AJ Swan and his protection and how much time he has back there. So protect him because you need him for the future. But also protect him because you want to go out there and and do your best to win this game and compete and be in this game. I mean, all jokes aside. That's the goal, and that's the goal every week. So protect your quarterback because that's the most important position on the field, but also because he's he's the guy you need. He's that one guy. If you want to protect anybody, it's him. So, Will, number two for me, just protect AJ. Just, just protect him like he's a million bucks. Yeah, I want to comment on the number two because I fully agree, yes, 100%. Absolutely. But a stat that blew my mind looking up, and I just had to confirm on another site to make sure this is right. How many sacks do you think the Grease Gang, the offensive line here under A.J. Blazik, has given up this season? Uh, three? Four? One. one. Wow, one? They have given up one oh statistical gosh. stat. They are the That is the only team in all of FBS football that has played four games that has given up less than two sacks. Wow. The only team. North Texas has played four games and given up two sacks. Wyoming has played four games and given up two. Vanderbilt has played four and only given up one sack. So this offensive line, now a lot of that has been contributed to by the offensive scheme. They've done a good job of rolling that pocket, and the defensive lines they've played, even from Wake Forest, haven't really been pass rush specialists. That is still an incredible stat. They've lost seven yards to sack so the offensive line just to just keep doing what you're doing yeah keep doing what you're doing let's tack that on to your key (laughs) point number two protect aj swan slash keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a damn good job there but my number two key is going to be field position so i know that that is a key to every game but specifically in this game and i wish that i could find or have open Uh, the stats that I had before the game here, because this is an absolute mess in front of me. But there was an interesting stat that I saw that was yards per score, or it was like plays per score or something like that. Like it was the amount of plays that you have to run for every time you score a touchdown. And Alabama was number, or the amount of yardage you have to gain, but all of that was relatively simple, whatever it was. So Alabama and Vanderbilt were both, Alabama was top 10, they were number nine, and and Vanderbilt was number 31. So in this category, so what that is, is these teams have just, when they have scored, they have scored when they have had good field position. So they have capitalized quickly when they have scored and efficiently. So in this game in particular, 
like we said, the target isn't necessarily, even though as a team you can't say it, winning the game. The target is keeping this game competitive, and who knows? That's just the mindset you have to have. Somebody's going to be in that tight game in the second half, keeping it within a couple scores going into the second half. Those are realistic goals for this team, the same as the goal for this season is not to, you know, win the SEC East. The goal for this season is is a stretch, but it's to make it to a bowl game and to win six games. And so for this game, it's saying maybe keep it within three scores. At the end of this game, it's a three-score game in the fourth quarter. You're not in striking distance, but you're certainly not being blown out. Maybe that's the realistic goal here. So having good field position and capitalizing on that field position, specifically special teams, hay ball, the punt game has been pretty solid so far. Make sure that punt coverage remains. And Bolivis, don't kick the damn ball out of bounds. Returning back to Bryant-Denny, don't kick the ball out of bounds on kickoff coverage. That's going to be a big key as well. So field position battle and keep this thing close is going to be my key number two. Yeah, Will, you talk about Hayball. I, I saw something where uh, Mel Kuyper has Hayball as his eighth-ranked specialist, and he's the number five punter. So, I mean, Hayball, he's an NFL guy. I mean, he, he's use him as that weapon if you're Vanderbilt, especially in this game. And you're going to, like you said, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not getting into every game and saying, I want to see when I say, and when I, and when I say that, uh, that this also means at the beginning of the game, go for it. Just like Clarkley has been doing all Screw season. It. Vanderbilt's gone. Vanderbilt's gone for it nine times. They're four and nine this season. I think that's one of the most, if not the most in the sec, they're mm-hmm. four out of nine. Bama is two out of five this season. I would rather lose with our offense running, a play unless it is absolutely insane NIU level situation and coaching malpractice you're not going to see me remotely upset if Clark Lee chooses or to go for it in any situation because Bama's offense is going to strike and score points whether they get the ball all that about the field position and the stats and whatever Bama is going to score wherever they get the ball. So be aggressive, but pick your spots. I mean, this game can get out of hand quickly. You want to remain competitive, but be aggressive as well. So the field position game, as much as all that is, doesn't really matter as much because, man, especially if Mahoney's out, you're going to struggle, and that defense just can't be on the field over and over for long extended periods of time. No, and, and, and Will, that Texas game showed me some weaknesses for Alabama. And, you know, I know they won the game and yes, you know, you know, we called it fluky, uh, but I don't think Alabama is as physical as, as they've been that, you know, they're not, they're not at, they're, they're just as big, but I don't know if they're, at, if they're getting as much push on that line in that line, that front, that, you know, the front front uh, five Oh line also on the front seven defensively. So I, I just, overall, I don't know if they're as physical. They're still physical. They're still freaks of nature up there, but you know, this isn't, this isn't your, your Alabama, you know, the, I don't even know what the best Alabama team, but, um, you know, they're skill wise. Yes, they, they are. They're up there, but physical wise, I think, you know, they're, they're a notch down from where they've been. So I do think there's some opportunities there. I don't think they're as dominant at the positions that we're used to seeing them be dominant. Yeah. I think we're used to seeing dominant O-line, dominant defensive line pass rushers, and great secondary. And we're used to seeing them st- – and really dominant wide receivers used to seeing them struggle at quarterback. And it's really the flip side. This year they have the skill position guys still. They always will at Alabama. But the trenches, the, those are the spots. And the corners are un- – and all, these, all this is being said – with the frame of reference if we're talking about Alabama. So when we're saying that this is the weak point of Alabama, 
every, almost every teams. other team besides like Georgia, Ohio State, right? This would be the strongest position group on their whole team. I mean, we're talking about five stars here that are just a little inexperienced, but that's what they have in the secondary yeah. and at cornerback. And and Will Shepard and McGowan, they have a chance to prove that they were underrated. So the, those are some matchups that Alabama is a machine, but I don't think this is the same Alabama machine that we saw with Tua Tagovailoa that that year, that unfortunate game. No, and I don't, I don't time. think they – yeah, I don't I don't think they have that one freak at, at wide receiver like a Julio Jones or Devontae Smith. You know, they've got um, – what is his name? Jameer Gibbs. Uh, but I think he's a running back. I mean, he's our best, like, receiving target. So, I mean, I, I don't think they have that that uh, go-to receiver yet. Now, they might find it, but at this point, I don't I don't think they have, uh, Will. So, uh, but, yeah, that's, that's more kind of on the game. But, Will, for me, number three, my third key to this game for Vanderbilt, go out there – and just compete, just just lay it out there and, and make Alabama earn every single blade of grass. Go, go make them earn that, that 15 yard run, uh, you know, towards the sideline or go make them earn that fade route in, in the goal line, make them earn the field goal, the punt, everything, make them earn everything. Don't, don't go out there and just get bludgeoned and you have no sense of, of competency and lose 62 to nothing or 59 to nothing. I mean, obviously we saw that against Georgia last year and against Alabama in the past. Don't look like that Derek Mason team that showed signs of nothing, no life. You lose at home 59 to nothing. Show something, show something out there, lose 42 to 14 instead, or, you know, something of that nature instead of, you know, you look at the score, you know, going through the top 25 scores as a general college football fan, you know, you lose 60 to nothing. You don't even look into the game, but say Vanderbilt puts up a couple scores. You look into that box score. Oh, Will Shepard touchdown, Ray Davis touchdown, Swan, good numbers. Vandy's Vandy's competent this year. So make the general college football fan look at the box score after this game and say, Vandy's got a team. They've got a team of fighters. They've got some talent. They've got some potential. And obviously you're not going out there to, to impress, you know, general college football fans, but you know, for this podcast and from my perspective, I, th- I think that that's a good step. Uh, if, if you do that, I, I want to see this team fight. Like I said, will scratch claw earn Bama's respect by simply not making it easy. And, and, and obviously it's not going to be easy for, for Vanderbilt. Uh, I mean, Alabama's averaging 243 passing yards per game, 237 on the ground, 481 total yards of offense, 46 points per game. They, I mean, they've got they've got arguably the best offense in the country. I mean, they've got weapons, but like you said, well, I don't know that this is a, a Tua level offense where you got Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. They've always got beasts at running back. Um, I, I think Vanderbilt can can do some things in this game well, and and you've talked about them well. There's some matchups that I think they can expose, but I, I want to see how this defense steps up to the plate. You see, you see batters, you know, sometimes step up to the plate in major league baseball or college baseball, aggressive and confident and, you know, confident in what they're doing. But you've also see guys who are, you know, they go up there hesitant. You watch the first strike, all of a sudden you watch a curveball, you're down 0-2 in the count and you're behind and all of a sudden you strike out. So for Vanderbilt, get up there, swing at the first pitch, swing at the first pitch, foul it off, whatever. I know it's not baseball season, but for Vanderbilt in this game, well, I'm, I'm just interested to see what kind of fight do they show up with? How confident are they? Do they show up and, and, and you know, you can tell mentally, you know, oh, we're not going to win this game. You know, they're playing softer than they usually do. Clark Lee's not going to let that happen. Uh, I'm telling you right now, he is not going to let that fly. 
And uh, that's just, that's part of their DNA. Um, obviously you could still lose, get demolished on the scoreboard, but on the field, that's what we're watching. Well, what does this team look like on the field? And I want to see a competitive factor that you haven't seen all season. It's the first SEC game of the season. You get to play in this type of atmosphere on the road in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a, a, an energized crowd. It's an SEC game at home at, at night. I mean, so everything's there, uh, you know, for the home crowd to be excited and it's going to be loud. It's going to be the loudest game of the year for Vanderbilt. It's good preparation. Good. They're playing this game now, but will I, I'm just interested to see what's the compete level. How much do they fight? How much do they scratch and claw? And can they make Alabama earn everything or, or does it look easy? Does it just look too easy out there? Like we've seen in the past. So um, obviously you know, we've hit on these all podcasts will, but go out there and compete. Just make Alabama earn it. Don't don't just give it to them. Don't gift wrap. And another thing is, well, don't turn the ball over. Don't, don't do what you did against Wake. That's another thing. Obviously, Mike Wright's not playing, but A.J. Swan, there's still the threat of that. So for me, well, number three, just go out there and compete. Make them earn it. Make them earn every blade of grass. We've heard Clark Lee talk about that. And uh, I'm interested to see if if they can do that. Yeah, I mean, the third key I kind of hit on right after because it kind of goes off of my second key, which is you're playing with house money. Be aggressive, especially on early downs. Alabama has given up four sacks this season on Bryce Young. Every single one of those has been on third and six or longer on third down. So six yards or longer on third down, that is the key. They're still going to pick those up. He's very good. He's still compete, completing, I believe, 70% of his passes from third and six or longer, third and eight or longer. I can't remember off the top of my head. But that is when he has the – Vanderbilt's defense will have the opportunity to bring pressure and get stops. But you have to be there early. Force incompletions, take chances. Otherwise, they are just going to continuously pick up first downs methodically. And when you get them into that third down, once again, take chances, show blitz, show exotic pressures, hope that you can fool Bryce Young, who in all actuality doesn't have a ton of actual experience. He has one season. So that is not a guy that has a ton of on-field experience. Granted, a lot of that is on the big stage, big, very, very talented defenses, playing Georgia's defense twice last season. So he has experience, but it's not like he's seen it all and he's a wily veteran because he has a Heisman. He's still he's still basically in his he is in his second season of being a quarterback. And in the NFL, that that tends to be around this week three, week four, year two, year three is when guys can figure out tendencies that that these quarterbacks have. Maybe Clark Lee is able to figure some of those things out. But that is all being said, that just being aggressive and playing with house money, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If they're able to beat the coverage, the pressure doesn't get there, the exotic blitz or package that you were going to utilize doesn't work, so be it. But this is the opportunity to work on things with a young, growing team against a very, very, very talented team in Alabama. And part of that, with my little bonus three asterisk, asterisk uh, attached to it on the offensive side, which I was talking about blitzes, but on the offensive side here for Vanderbilt, find a way to utilize Mike Wright in some package in this Bama game. If there is a game to utilize Mike Wright, it is this, because he has the speed that is also on that Bama defense. And also, you know, having A.J. Swan take a couple less hits might not be the worst thing throughout this game yeah, by hitting but, on your key one again. 
Yeah, Mike Wright's going to play. I mean, he's going to play in this game. Um, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, you know, and it's, you know, for us, yes, you know, you're not going to win this game. But for Coach Lee, it's yeah, let's give our freshmen some rest. I mean, and and let's let's kind of give Mike Wright his due. I mean, he's he's still a, a vocal leader of this team. You know, let let's let's get him out there. Um, you know, and, and we'll also a thing on Bryce Young. They've got to keep him in the pocket somewhat. You know. They, Clark Lee talked about bracketing him. I think they did. They they struggled with that early against NIU, where Lombardi would get out of the pocket, and, and then he's got more room to throw. And he 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 threw really well on, on the run. Bryce Young does that all the time. He gets out, you know, gets out of the pocket, throws on the run, gives himself more time. You got to try to keep him in the pocket, bracket him with that outside edge, and 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 set that edge um, so that you know that's something Clark Lee's talked about. So. Uh, well, again, these keys, this is different from, you know, Ole Miss, we're going to have some some real keys to a victory. Now, this one is keys to the game, what we want to see. I gave, uh, I gave a few stats in there, Billy. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I respect it. I, I, I respect, uh, respect the effort there, Will. Uh, lastly here, let's go to our predictions. And I actually wrestled. I wrestled with this longer than I thought I would. I, I, I really do believe Vandy can cover. In this game, 40 points is a ton of points. And, you know, I know I'm going back far here, but Alabama is not a team. You know, they're not – Saban's not going to be – he's not going to be stupid and, and leave, leave his starters in there in the fourth quarter. If they're he, know, he knows – people say it's because Nick Saban, what you're hitting on getting – they say it's because Nick Saban respects the game or whatever. Nick Saban knows what his goal is. There is no benefit to him leaving in any of his guys that are superiorly talented in these games just to run up the score and look better. He knows all they have to do is win, get them out as soon as possible. Their goal is championships. It's it's not beating a team by 45 versus beating them by 30. Right. He if Say they beat Vandy by a touchdown, he could care less. I mean, yeah, if they play bad, he's going to be, you know, he's, he's obviously going to be on them, but. I mean, it's all about winning, man, and it's it's Nick Saban, and and so, um, you know, I do think forty is a lot in, in this game. Um, I think it could get to a point where it's you know something like forty two nothing, forty eight seven, something you know close right at the the forty point line. But I think Vandy barely barely covers in this game. Well, I think I think Bama's going to score a lot. Um, I think they they're, they're going to get up close to the fifties, but I think. I think not letting Alabama get to 50 is a, is weirdly an accomplishment, at least in my mind for Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, you, as a fan, you can kind of say that, but I've got Bama winning 48 to 10. I think Vanderbilt scores a touchdown. I think they get a field goal in for Bullivis, the former Alabama Crimson Tide uh, kicker, of course. Uh, this, he might uh, might have some fans uh, giving, giving him some crap there. I missed a few big kicks there, but, uh, well, he's done well at Vanderbilt. I think he kicks – I think he uh, kicks well in this game. I think he makes one. Vanderbilt barely covers. They uh, they lose by let's see what is that thirty eight. They lose by thirty eight to Alabama. Barely cover in this game. I guess I think the over under is forty right now. Will I think that's what I saw? Well, the over under is fifty six. And or not over under. Not the, the line. The, the spread. The, yeah, the, the spread, spread. I meant yeah. the spread right now is forty. Over under. You said what? 50, 56 and a half. I think, and then the spread is forty and a half. Okay, so yeah, I, I think Vegas. I think Vegas believes Vanderbilt w- could score. Um, now, I, I think Vegas is more in, in in the belief of Alabama gets to fifty, but you know, Vandy still scores. I don't know that Bama gets to fifty. I think they do score a lot, um, but I don't think they run it up. I don't think this gets ugly to the you know the sixty point level uh, that that we saw last year against Georgia. Uh, Bama's as good as as good as Georgia is this year, uh, but uh, I do think Vandy gets a touchdown on the board. 
48 to 10. I, I just think you look at this game and, and like I said, I keep going back to Bama's. This is not the same Bama. They're still a, a they're still number two team in the country. And this is all relative. We're, we're comparing past Bama teams uh, to, to this one. Um, I, I just don't see the depth, the, the depth of talent. And we, we just talked about it. You know, I, I don't see a Julio Jones or a Devontae Smith at receiver. Obviously, you got Will Anderson and Bryce Young, so it it you know you could say it evens out. Um, but I just don't know if there's as much depth as they've had. Uh, so I do think Vandy can do some things here, Will. Uh, but I do have Alabama winning, but Vandy covering. So uh, not super confident in that. But I'm going to throw it out there: Bama 48, Vandy 10 in uh, in this one on Saturday. Yeah, I just don't think Bama has as many of the known commodities yeah. at, at those spots. They don't have the names. They have Bryce Young, they have Will Anderson Jr. on the other side, but they don't just have those guys, those those national names that are just going to dominate, that are physical freaks. They just don't feel like they have those or have as many this year. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that they don't have a bunch of first and second and third round picks on that roster. They do, but they're just not proven. They're younger. So Bama is not Georgia from last year. That Georgia game was probably the worst beating personally that I've ever seen Vanderbilt take. And I don't say that lightly in that first quarter, if Georgia wanted to, they could have scored 80 points in that first half effortlessly. They could have beaten Vanderbilt 150 to nothing. Vanderbilt not would have not moved that ball past the 30 yard line. That that is how it felt in that stadium. And I've been at every game. And they did that to a few people last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's because you were playing against I you have seen in Vanderbilt Stadium, now First Bank Stadium, but you have seen the best offense in the history of college football in LSU in the year with Burrow, and then you've seen the best defense in the history of college football. That is what Georgia had. Bama, number two team in the country, they are not that. So my prediction, uh, pretty similar to yours, I got the margin correct last week. I think it was off by four points on both sides, but I think my prediction was 34-24 into 38-28. So pretty decent there. Uh, But I'm going to go, and I think it'll be more competitive than this, but Alabama is going to control this game. Uh, past at least I, I just want to see a competitive first half if you can be within you know two three scores at halftime but 52 to 17 Alabama I think okay. that they will move the ball especially through the air I mean there's just going to be guys that you're not going to be able to match up with the depth isn't there in Vanderbilt secondary and to, in order to disrupt the flow of this Bama offense you're going to have to get pressure on Bryce Young I just don't see that happening they have not proven to me that they can do that the defensive line batting down some of these passes, throwing off the rhythm of this Alabama offense, that's going to be key. But stopping the run, just make Bryce Young do it. He, he's proven he can do it, but just make him do it. And and more than likely he is, but maybe you'll get his one-off game uh, and he'll throw a couple interceptions. He's already done that once this season and take advantage of those opportunities and take advantage of field position because Bryce Young's quarterback rating exponentially increases as he goes down the field and inches closer to the red zone. And once he gets inside of the red zone, so his worst quarterback ratings, naturally most quarterbacks look like this, but his is incredible Mm -hmm. as it, as it goes up, it goes up in a step pattern. Uh, He's like under an 80 uh, passer rating or under a 90 passer rating inside of his own 15 or 10. Uh, And then it goes up to where he's an incredible, almost perfect passer rating. Uh, inside the 10-yard line on the other side. So usually those windows decrease, things speed up, 
uh, windows tighten and quarterbacks that don't have an absolute rocket dime of an arm uh, tend to struggle. Clearly Bryce Young does, but under pressure, getting sped up in a way that he doesn't want to, uh, that can be a thing Vanderbilt can take advantage of. So hopefully Vanderbilt can force a turnover to uh, get some points up, especially early and take that first punch from Bama who's averaging 18.3 points per game in the first quarter so far this season. That's a good note. Good note there. I mean, Bama strikes early and often, and, and Van, how do they take that? How does Vanderbilt take that and, and run with it? Uh, well, I think Vanderbilt, if you're Coach Lee, you point to last year's Georgia game you know, to the team and, and say, hey, you know, let, let's look at this and let's, let's see if we can avoid the things that happen in terms of just getting bullied and, and trying to find a way you know, out of that and, and, and avoiding that. Uh, obviously, it's not easy. This is, you know, arguably the best quarterback Vandy's ever faced. Um, Joe Burry, of course, you know, play, faced Vanderbilt. Uh, Bryce Young is 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 really damn good. I mean, he he is he is as fun to watch, you know, at, as a football fan in general as it gets. Um, and and so I, I think that's the challenge. That's a, that's, a, that's a stretch there, Billy. I don't know. I mean, I agree. One of one of. But you've seen you saw Tim Tebow. In that I, I did see Tim Tebow. In terms of, I'm not saying the NFL. Yeah, in Joe Burrow of, is the best quarterback I've ever seen. He right, was yeah. he was unbelievable. Yeah, in terms of like pure talent as a as a quarterback, I mean he's up there. And, There's and, just to me, and I want to get this on the record. This is probably one of the last things that I really have on this game. Something about Bama. It may not be Vanderbilt, but something about Alabama. Watching them this season is much more beatable. Mm-hmm. than in seasons past something yeah. about Bryce Young I feel like he hasn't had the game the, there's going to be a game in every great player's career that sticks out as a really bad performance you could say that was the national championship last year but I wouldn't really say that that was just playing the best defense in the history of college football so I, I'm not saying it's going to be this game I'm not saying it's Vanderbilt but something about this Alabama team there's going to be a game and it wasn't Texas but they just played like crap, but they, they are beatable more so this year than I think they have been in a long time. I agree. I, I agree. And, and, and for a Bryce, lower tier opponent, like somebody's going to actually really pull an upset against Alabama versus just being beaten by another top 10 opponent. Is yeah. Like I is said, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like I said, a, a Texas, what Texas did that showed a lot to me in, in terms of what Alabama has this year. And I know they went on the road, but still, I mean, you, you got, you got, you got to play Tennessee at Tennessee, you got to play LSU, of course. You got to play the, an SEC schedule. So, you know, I, I'm I'm with you there, Will. And, and Bryce Young's coming off a Heisman campaign where he won the Heisman. That that's got to be. I mean, you got to you know go replicate that. Go, go win the Heisman again, Bryce. I mean, that that, that can't be easy you know, on the mind as a quarterback. But well, this is Vandy's chance to to go out there and you're playing one of the best teams in the country. Go show that you've made that step. You know, I talked about it last week. Go beat NIU to show that step. They did that. Now go compete against Alabama and show another step that you've taken. Show that that you've taken another step on that ladder. So that's the, that's the opportunity, Will. And, and why wouldn't you want that? This is why you go to Vandy. You go to Vandy to play in the SEC and play Biggest in Tuscaloosa. I mean, th- you know, I I keep going back. To, I mean, don't don't complain about this. If you're a player, go. You, you should you should want to have the time of your life in, in, in Tuscaloosa in front of those fans and, and that playing against a program like that. I mean. It's like in high school, Will. We both played basketball. For uh, for me, it was Ensworth or Brentwood Academy. Whenever you got to play those schools, it was like, you know, yeah. I mean, it, this is going to be a challenge, but it's fun. It's fun to go out there and see what you've got against. I'm going to be I'm going to be honest, Billy. We didn't, Who was it for we you at Mount Julian? We, we didn't do that. Blackman? We didn't have schools. 
I mean, we we still didn't have schools like that. But I mean, a big rivalry. Like we didn't ever go into a game with that mind, or we we always got get screamed at after a loss. Like I no, never same, remember losing. Here. I never remember a coach coming in and being like, "This is let's just go out there and compete, boys." I remember it being like, "Win or don't come back in this locker room." Uh, almost every time that I went out there, but yeah. uh, <laughs> basketball, man, whoo, that's tough. But uh, but Wilson Central, I guess that that would be one big stage, get a big crowd. I mean, yeah. you're gonna have your opportunity here. You're the SEC SEC Network Game of the Week. This is why you come here. I mean, if you go out there and get your butt kicked, then you can look in the mirror and say that's why I didn't get recruited by these big schools, uh, and you have nobody else to blame. And if you go out there and compete, it can be a gigantic middle finger to all those programs that didn't recruit you, uh, Jaden McGowan, Will Shepard. These are your opportunities to prove that you were actually under-recruited. Go out there, ball out against these five-star corners, and then uh, give it hell. That's yeah. that's all I've got to say. I gave the motivational speech to win last time, but I think there's some individual guys on this team that have something to prove in this three-week stretch. I think they're tired of hearing this exact thing that we've said throughout this podcast. And I'm not saying that it's going to result in Vanderbilt shocking the nation in an upset. But I think that does I, I think that does pick at you and a team can go two ways. And I think this team is going to respond the same way they did in that second half uh, based on the tweet that I sent out at halftime that said you're going to learn everything you need to know about this team in the second half of this NIU game. And I think I think this team has a lot of that F star star K U personality. I think they have that us against the world personality which is what you need from those Vanderbilt teams. It's like, we're going to line up. We are the same as you, and we're going to prove it down in, down out. And especially with A.J. Swan at quarterback, the, the confidence of that offense and even the offensive line and how the receivers were running routes was different. They were expecting to get the ball. They were expecting to get the ball in a position to make a play. And I think that that confidence is, regardless of who you are playing, going to transfer over. All that being said, my prediction was still 52 to 17. So it, there, there is a big talent gap differential, but but yeah, this is a this is a moment to prove prove that you have taken a step, but the step is not like we said, going from being the number 110 team in the country to really competing aggressively with the number two team in the country. It's to go to number 60, maybe compete for a bowl game, then 40, then 30, and just continue that slow build and climb up the ranks so this is this is a this is a measuring stick three-week stretch starting with a very easy opponent in the Alabama Crimson Tide yeah yeah this is a you know measuring stick game uh for Vanderbilt uh but no no well I I uh I I do this measuring is an stick edge. I, a different type of measuring stick I think than what you'll hear ESPN yeah. announcing groups today measuring stick comparatively to being beat what 63 to nothing or whatever yeah. it was last year by Georgia measuring stick in comparison, starting with that. Yeah. So different than saying like we're three Vanderbilt is three and one. Let's see where they really are. Like I think yeah. wake forest was that game for Vanderbilt. Right. I think that them coming out 45, 25 was probably the measuring stick of, okay, we're going to prove from last year, but, but not taking the step to really competing against top 25 programs. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're 20 points worse than wake forest. Let, let's, let's see, let, let's see, you know, what they are against Alabama. And I don't know if that's mm -hmm. going to show, uh, but well, there's a hundred percent an edge to, to this team and this program right now. Um, there's a buzz. I think they've got momentum. I mean, offensively, it's what been they did. a long did, time. Yeah, I mean, there's momentum. It's tangible. What they did last week offensively was impressive. What they did in the second half against Wake, 
And who's that? Because it's because their quarterback, AJ Swan. So that, you know, like I said, that goes back to protect him. And Will Shepard. Yes. And Shepard and, uh, and everybody else. But, you know, give, give him the time he needs uh, to go out there and put points on the board. Uh, Cause we both believe they can. We, I mean, I, I think they can do that against Alabama uh, to what extent, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but will coming up Saturday night, I think that there's going to be some eyes on this game. I mean, it, it's an SEC game. I know there's bigger games around the country. You got Florida, Tennessee, A&M, Arkansas, but 630 SEC game, Bama, Vandy. Well, let's let's see really how good Bama is, and let's see if Vandy's taking steps. Yeah, I think you'll get some curiosity eyes because you have three and one. That looks a lot better on the casual SEC fan that doesn't keep up with the game, game in, game out statistical breakdown of Vanderbilt. Probably what they've seen is – Vanderbilt whipping Hawaii 63 to 10, the Mike Wright highlight, uh, and putting up what 63 points for the offense. And they saw them putting up 42 points on offense against Elon. Then they saw the final score that was relatively respectable uh, against Wake Forest 45 25, with most of the hype going into that game being around Hartman coming back. And they probably checked at halftime and saw 21 to 10 and went, hey. And they saw that fourth down stop that Vanderbilt had early in the game to preserve the three point lead. So, and then they saw the highlights of Vanderbilt's offense with AJ Swan and the fourth down play and Will Shepard absolutely dominating uh, that NIU secondary. So I think this is an opportunity for Vanderbilt to continue that trajectory, like we were talking about, of actually having positive momentum. Because man, Clarkley has willed this thing so far out of the depths of hell where Derek Mason left it. You won't, it, it is really hard really, really hard to find a program that I've ever seen in a worse spot than what Derek Mason left that in. Because you can say Hawaii with the player abuse scandal thing that they had and, and the state they are in, but they're in a way less competitive conference, competitive area. Vanderbilt had that same amount of transfers out, basically, but also add on the entire storyline of literally having to forfeit a game and, and Sarah Fuller being the kicker and still having to forfeit the game. And then you have the other stuff associated with Derek Mason leaving and the players coming out and saying all sorts of things. So, so far, Billy, as negative as we were early in the season or as I was, especially early in the season, impressive thus far, three and one. I wanted to go on my positive rant here to, to cap off what will probably be one of the last super positive feelings that I yeah. have towards this season sitting at three and Sad. one, but just, I want to take a step back and appreciate it because we have not had me and you and Vanderbilt fans out there have not had this feeling of positive attention. You do not, you can't go on social media indefensively nationally Vanderbilt, what they have done through the first four games this season is respectable. That is undeniable. The amount of points they have put up. Nothing more, the only nothing team, less. The, the only team that they have lost to is a top 25 opponent in Wake Forest and a team that has a very, very good quarterback. That is the only team they've lost to. NIU is a respectable team that won their conference last year, non-Power 5, and Vanderbilt is sitting at 3-1 and one with a young star, brewing quarterback, and some exciting uh, skill position guys on offense, orgy on defense. So I just want to take a step back and just be positive the last half full for a second before the crushing weight of reality and the form of a lot of dudes that are going to be drafted into the NFL of the Alabama Crimson Tide comes crushing onto my Vanderbilt story. <laughs>
I like that, man. That 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 got me in the right state of mind uh, heading into Tuscaloosa. Uh, me giving there. a positive rant, Billy. Uh, it, a positive so, rant. Let's mix it up. It's so refreshing. Three so, wins will make you feel that way. It's like a nice sip of uh, a wa- ice cold water right there. I love it. <laughs> love it, Will. Uh, but no, I, I'm I'm with you, Will, 100. percent And um, you know, like I said, there's momentum and offensively that there's there's still talk about mike Wright right now i mean i i've heard talk from alabama people saying this is a two quarterback system aj swan and mike Wright, and i think that's more of it for aj swan you've got a lot more to prove go out there and and and, and let everybody know who you are reintroduce yourself again if, if it wasn't enough last week do it again against alabama i mean go show what you're made of so there's a lot to prove for everybody on this team but aj swan as well shepherd uh, you keep talking about as well will Ray Davis, there's some dudes also on this Vandy team that have a lot to prove. So I am telling you that Will Shepard, and I said this about Keyshawn Vaughn, and I still stand by this with Keyshawn Vaughn, even right now, and this is no offense, the current running back room, I already had the take last week that they were the best running back group, running back room that they have ever had at Vanderbilt. But when you watch Keyshawn Vaughn, as many good running backs as Vanderbilt had, Zach Stacy, that name, but Zach Stacy, Ralph Webb, Keyshawn Vaughn was different. He was a different talent level that was proven by where he was taken in the NFL draft. It hasn't worked out, but his speed was different. His athleticism was different. His fluidity of movement was different. He was legit. He was an NFL talent naturally. Will Shepard, and I will shout this from the mountaintops now, as negative as I was last year, especially this is the most naturally gifted and talented NFL type wide receiver ever in the history of Vanderbilt. Not even, it's not even competitive realistically. I mean, it compared to the style of receiver that Jordan Matthews and Earl Bennett, who are my two favorite players in the history of, of Vanderbilt football, I uh, was going to say athletics, but that would be Shane Foster. <laughs> uh, that is taking nothing away from them as college receivers. And they had really good quarterbacks throwing to them, which is very, very coincidental and often what is really those statistical things. But they could not have done in the same fashion what Shepard did, which is literally do look like a five-star first round draft pick, six foot four, 205, soft hands, long arms crisp routes and his speed is just different so that is that is the difference in it and that's what i'm expecting yeah shepherd's a guy well he, uh, he has just as much to prove as swan and every anybody else you know all the other uh weapons on offense for vanderbilt so alabama vandy 6 30 uh on the sec network tom hart jordan rogers cole kubelik on the call you've been listening to episode 181 of the door report powered by alaco fine wood floors <laughs>